News Weekly is an ad-free, listener-supported podcast made possible by subscribers like you. Just go to patreon.com slash Shah. that's S-A-M-I-S-H-A-H, to support the podcast. Also, if you like listening to my podcast, I'm currently hosting God Forbid on ABC Radio National. That's God Forbid, a podcast about religion and politics and the intersection of both. That's on ABC Radio National, which you can find on your ABC Listen app, or you can actually find it even wherever you get all your podcasts. Top Stories of the Week The W in Big W stands for wanking. Also, who ordered the Commonwealth Games? I'm not paying for that. All that and more on News Weekly. Hello, I'm Sammy Shah and thank you for joining me as we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Will someone think of the children in news now? Australians have a very complicated relationship with America. On the one hand, we're proud to not have the same problems as the US. Things like insanely expensive medical costs and ridiculous gun laws. On the other hand, we copy every aspect of their culture faster than a 3D printer in a Chinese factory. Australians largely act like they're the 51st state, while Americans look at us like their distant cousin they might get drunk enough to bang one night. The latest US trend to make it across to Australia has been right-wing lunatics thinking everything is grooming, except for actual grooming. It all began when a conservative podcaster, Chris Pimrod, who looks like everything he's ever learned came from the back of a protein powder container, posted a video getting upset about a new sex education book. Welcome to Sex, a book sold at Big W and marketed towards your children, and it says so on the very first page, whether you're an apprehensive 11-year-old. Size matters, talking about penis size. Scissoring, complete with illustrations. The lowdown on anal sex. Fingering, how do you finger someone? Again, complete with illustrations. Hand jobs, oral sex, oral sex on a penis. Porn, and of course, sexual and gender identities. They couldn't leave that one out. I'm 13 and I'm confused about my sexuality. How can anyone think they're not coming after the children after seeing books like this for sale openly? in Big W. Welcome to sex, sold at Big W and marketed towards your children. Pimrod, who has never heard of the Catholic Church, you know how consumerism works, seems to think the book Welcome to Sex. Written by Yumi Steins and Dr. Melissa Kang, the longest serving expert behind Dolly Doctor, is compulsory reading for all children under penalty of death, and not a thoroughly researched book that has been approved by medical and sexual health experts, along with children's education experts, and which can only be read if you choose to buy it for your kids with a recommended age range of 12 to 15, by which point most kids are watching the kind of stuff online that makes two girls one cup look like play school. Here's Yumi Steins on The Juggling Act, a podcast about parenting, talking about the book. Alternative to sex education for kids is porn. Yeah. There's really not much else. If we're not giving them the information and having the conversations, they're going to look for it and what they're going to find is porn. And a lot of porn is very bad. And I know that a lot of people who want to be woke and want to be open-minded are like, you know, porn's okay, whatever, Mm. you know, don't yuck my yum. But a lot of porn that is considered mainstream Mm. or pretty, you know, straightforward is quite abusive. Yeah. There's there's a lot of practices in there that I wouldn't wouldn't want done to my body. Mm. 
that the way that they're being touched isn't very skillful mm. or considerate or really thinking about feminine pleasure and it's yeah. just kind of rough and yuck. Yeah. So if that's their only information that's borderline abuse or actual abuse, I would rather that they have a safe conversation with mum. The controversy around the book instantly resulted in right-wing nutfuck fuckwits harassing staff at Big W, which has seen a 15% sales growth in the last year and could probably hire more security to protect that staff, but instead capitulated by taking the book off their shelves thus setting a precedent that definitely isn't sending a message to unhinged people on how to influence corporate decision-making. Australia's right-wing media, which has long decried cancel culture and argued for free speech principles, then spent the next few days covering itself in hypocrisy the way Ben Fordham probably covers himself in semen whenever he sees the ratings he's getting by being an Alan Jones impersonator. A book that is aimed at young people and one of the authors reckons it's okay for eight-year-olds, mature eight-year-olds, to flick through it. Now, we have covered cases before, Rachel, where sadly young people have ended up taking their own lives because they sent an explicit photo to someone, someone then shared it around, they were deeply embarrassed and bullied over the whole thing and in the end they, they took their own life. But in the book, when it comes to the issue of sending nude pictures, they say, and I quote, if we were talking to our own kids, we'd tell them to always crop their heads out just in case. So shouldn't the advice be don't take the photos, don't send them on? Yes, because no parent has ever tried that before. And besides, if there's one thing we know about teenagers is that they never do anything their parents tell them not to. Fordham isn't the only conservative commentator who hasn't ever spoken to a teenager nor been one. Here's Sky News presenter James McPherson, who was born directly into his 50s with none of the developmental growth most human adults get on the way there. Any mum who was discussing with their child the sort of things that Steins has written about, in my view, should be reported to the Department of Community Services. Yes, because if there's one thing we want more of, it's monitoring how mums talk to their own children. As for her claim that parents have got a choice between sex education or porn, that's a false dichotomy if ever I've heard one, but it does explain why Stein's book, um, Sex Education, is more akin to porn. Which is James McPherson's weird way of admitting on national TV that he masturbated to a children's book. He's joined on the show by Liz Storer, a conservative commentator who has never heard of sex education. Absolutely. If you are an adult who wants to talk to children who are not your own about sex in any way, shape or form, the answer is no. When did everyone start thinking this was okay? That's Liz Storer there trying to get Healthy Harold fired while forgetting once again that the book is meant for parents to teach their children or children to choose to read themselves when they're grown enough and is not in fact mandatory nor compulsory. And rounding out that panel discussion is an actual teenager with a dead cat stapled to his face, Caleb Bond, reminding us why right-wing comedy doesn't actually exist. Um, Big W in this case should probably change its name to Big L for losers because that's exactly what they've turned out to be in this. There's a lot more clips of everyone else on Sky News also celebrating censorship and cancel culture, but honestly, at some point even I can only watch so much unintelligent bullshit by a bunch of hypocritical conservatives who think covering kids' eyes and ears is the best way to prevent them from learning about the world, which is probably what their parents did to them, resulting in their being grotesque weirdos who spent all their time thinking sex perverts are coming for their children, forgetting how many of their own numbers have ended up being outed as sex perverts who go after children. The protests and criticisms of the book have had their desired effect. If that effect was to increase sales so much it's sold out everywhere and the publisher has gone back to do another print run to keep up with demand. 
Probably because James McPherson keeps buying copies to masturbate to. Maybe Calculator Dan would have been better news now. In the lead-up to the Victorian elections, Daniel Andrews and his Labour government made a lot of infrastructure promises. The big ones were a train to the airport, which Melbourne needs because it's 2023 and why the fuck do I still have to drive 40 minutes through toll roads then pay for airport parking which costs the same as a business class ticket to Sydney? And then the other big promise was the Commonwealth Games coming to Victoria, particularly with a lot of games set to take place in regional Victoria, which would be a huge boon for regional towns like Geelong and Ballarat, which don't normally get much tourism unless they do some kind of winter festival, which you drive an hour and a half to get to, walk around for 20 minutes in the cold in, thinking everything here was available at the Preston Markets right up the road for half the price, and then drive back saying, that was nice, yeah, no, that was nice, over and over again until death takes you. Promises like that won the Andrews government the election easily. Also because the opposition Victorian Liberal Party is at this point an evangelical cult that handles snakes and speaks in tongues with an infrastructure plan that is only Tim Smith bashing his car into walls that can then be rebuilt. Still, once the election was over, it was time for Victoria to sit back and enjoy all the infrastructure. The Andrews government has put the airport rail project on hold to save money as the state's debt spirals. That's cast doubt on the Premier's ability to deliver on other projects in his big builds. That's OK. It's just the airport train. I mean, one big project can fall through. These things happen. It's not like anyone in Melbourne actually expected that it was actually going to happen anyway at this point. Melbourne ever getting an airport rail is as unlikely at this point as Adelaide getting a reason to exist or Perth getting, well, anything at all. At least we still have the Commonwealth Games. That's going to result in a huge tourism and construction and, and big jobs boost and, and, and... The Victorian government has announced it will no longer host the 2026 Commonwealth Games. Premier Daniel Andrews confirmed the event would not go ahead due to a cost blowout of up to $4 billion. Six to $7 billion is well and truly too much for a 12-day sporting event. Uh, I will not take money out of hospitals and schools in order to fund an event that is three times the cost uh, as estimated and budgeted for last year. Well, that was my fault. Hubris. I had too much hubris. So the Premier Daniel Andrews has announced that the Games, which were originally projected to cost $2.6 billion, are now costing around $67 billion, which could either be a result of inflation or the building and planning industry being chronically corrupt and thus never delivering projects on budget and on time in Victoria, but we'll never really know. The announcement came as a shock to the Commonwealth Games Authority, but also to the hundreds of thousands of Victorians who were looking forward to employment and development brought by the Games, and also to millions of people around the world who didn't know the Commonwealth Games were even a thing and probably wouldn't have watched it anyway. Still, the cancellation has left many reeling, especially since all the plans for the Games so far have been so sensible. The plan would have involved building two Olympic swimming pools in Geelong and then demolishing them after the Games. Daniel Andrews has come under heavy criticism for getting the numbers so wrong before the cancellation, and it might be why he's suddenly so averse to any more speculation. And I'm not going to speculate about the negotiation. I'm not going to speculate on what that is. Like, I'm not going to cut across 
the negotiations that are going on. Which doesn't mean the costs have ended. Cancelling the Commonwealth Games might be as hard for Victoria as cancelling a gym membership is for you and me. It might just be easier for Victoria to move to another city, change its name and go into hiding until Anytime Fitness stops asking for the $144 needed to press the account cancel button. All that's left for those looking forward to the games, meanwhile, is journalists making puns. But it seems it was one race the government wasn't willing to run. The Department of Prevention of Vice and Promotion of Virtue needs to change its name to Goatfuckers Anonymous. News now. Just a reminder before the next couple of stories that yes, the year is indeed 2023 and not just you know, 23. But this shit is still happening. First to Afghanistan, with the Taliban, who weren't handed the keys to Afghanistan by the US government in 2021, so much as had the keys tossed to them while America jumped out the window and never looked back. The Taliban has since rolled back any and all progress in women's rights over the last two decades, resulting now in the closing down of beauty salons, because Taliban men don't want anyone looking better than them, which isn't hard given they look like unfuckable beasts with pubic beards and their pants hitched so high their shins stick out like the giant toddlers wearing daddy's clothes, which is apparently the way the Prophet Muhammad liked people to look all the time or something. Job. Income. Justice. These are the slogans Afghan beauticians were chanting in the capital today, protesting the Taliban. Footage obtained by the BBC shows Taliban soldiers employing tear gas and water cannon to try to disperse the women. When explaining the justification behind closing beauty salons, the Taliban spokesperson for the Department of Prevention of Vice and Promotion of Virtue, which is a real department there, revealed the justification was actually based on a combination of economics and imaginary bullshit. In this bad economic situation, a lot of money were wasted in these here salons. Also, it is against the Sharia. Speaking of hideous men who justify the hatred of women using the entirely insane justification of the man in the sky told us to do so, the Iranian government is continuing its oppressive practices. Iran is reinstating checks by the so-called morality police months after the death of a woman in their custody, provoked by nationwide protests, provoked nationwide protests rather. Street patrols are restarting to ensure women cover their heads in public. The patrols were suspended following the death of Masa Amini last September. At least 500 people were killed and nearly 20,000 arrested during weeks of protests. This is yet another blow to the protest movements in Iran, who were hoping support from the West would come and then help them overthrow the government there. Forgetting that the only way they could have been noticed is if the Iranian government banned abortion in Iowa, or whatever it is that Australian feminists actually think is worth protesting about. That's it for this week's edition of News Weekly. Thank you once again for listening. And like I said up top, I'm currently hosting God Forbid on ABC Radio National. We've had a bunch of great episodes so far. This week we talked about religion and money, particularly Christianity and the Christian Gospels and wealth accumulation. The Prosperity Gospel, which is a whole thing that the evangelicals kind of talk about now. It became very popular in Australia during Scott Morrison's government. So that's something we're going to be looking at this week. And in the coming weeks, we've got some really good episodes as well. So go Go find God Forbid on your podcast app or on ABC Listen. 
um, or however you want to listen to any of that stuff. And uh, in the meantime, stay tuned to News Weekly. You've got some big announcements coming in the next few months. Exciting stuff, I promise. Some actual big changes are coming to the podcast and they're going to be even better. Um, and also, of course, head over to my Patreon. That's patreon.com slash S-A-M-I-S-H-A-H, where you can actually, if you join the Patreon now, watch my entire latest comedy special exclusive just to my Patreon subscribers. It's called Successful Comedian. The title, yes, is indeed ironic. Anyway, that's all I've got to sell to you right now. Otherwise, I'll see you right back here next week on News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly. Oh, 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 oh,